0: I want to go ahead and welcome up my friend Ron Merrill uh, to the stage. Ron is going to be teaching this morning and and graciously will be diving into our, our topic. Of, of sabbath ron is a, a great friend and a mentor ron's actually been a, a part of, of restoration church really from the beginning we formed a management team before we had elders this is about four years ago now that ron uh, served on that team as a mentor and an advisor uh, for us and so he's he's been a part of what we're doing and i'm just thankful to have your voice with us today thanks landon um My pleasure to to be able to spend some time with you today and and open up God's Word together. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you right now, just go to Hebrews. It's near the end of your Bible. If you're not real familiar, go to chapter 4. And then if you just kind of hold a finger there, then uh, when we get to that spot, then you'll be ready to go. Hebrews chapter 4. As you're flipping that direction, um, I got to go to Israel for the very first time this year, uh, right before COVID hit. We were over there in February. And uh, of all the things that, that blew me away, we were there long enough to experience two Sabbath days in Israel. And your mind would be blown to watch uh, not just a couple families, but an entire country shut down for a 24-hour period. I, I was blown away by the-, the practice of it. We were staying in hotels, and even the elevators don't run during that time. So I was forced to take the stairs. There are some some amazing things just to watch in their whole community as an entire nation shuts down for Sabbath for a 24-hour period. Now, the people that are there, they may or may not really get the full intent that God had in mind behind Sabbath, but nonetheless, it was fascinating to watch them practice it and watch some of the benefits and blessings to the people there as they ceased from their labors for 24 hours. I had the privilege to listen to Pastor Landon's talks from the last two weeks. And I was blessed. I was encouraged. I learned a lot. And if you haven't uh, got to listen to both of those, or maybe you missed one or maybe you're diving in uh, for the first time today, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. Uh, Because there's not just a blessing in the sermons. There's a blessing that I think God has for me and you in the truth of Sabbath, in the gift of Sabbath. And so to miss God's heart for Sabbath would be to miss a tremendous blessing that he has for me and and for you. And and so um, I wanted to give kind of a brief summary for those of you really quick, if you're taking notes or jotting down, or maybe just to uh, re-familiarize yourself over what you've already heard and learned in the last couple of weeks in a, in a really brief sort of format. Because I know that your, your uh, challenge that you will face to, to observe Sabbath, to slow down and rest, that, that's going to be a constant struggle. That's something that we all struggle with. And yet it's such a key component to the Christian life to stop for a 24-hour period and rest. And so a brief summary, just to catch you up, here's what you need to know about Sabbath. Here's what you need to be reminded of about Sabbath. Sabbath, or Shabbat in Hebrew, is a 24-hour day of rest to be observed weekly, typically the seventh day of the week. It was modeled first by God in creation as he spent six days working creation. And then he himself ceased from his labor. He Sabbathed on the seventh day. He rested from work. The number seven has much meaning in the scriptures. And it often signals wholeness or completeness. So God modeled that Sabbath rest actually brings wholeness to his plan, completion to his plan. That's found when Sabbath comes, not just in the six days of work. Right there, then in Genesis 2, right, basically at the beginning of the story, God blesses the Sabbath day of rest and declares it holy. Now, shortly thereafter, humanity lets go of this rest as sin enters the world. And then our lives, then, are marked by a constant state of laboring and striving. Physically, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. But here's the good news. God's desire is to restore humanity back to a a state of rest. And so with his chosen people, the Hebrews, the Israelites, he commands them to a regular practice of Sabbath rest, a ceasing from all labors. Now this gets a little bit complicated by the fact that they eventually end up being slaves in Egypt, but faithfully God then sets in motion a plan to catch this, deliver his people from slavery and then bring them to the promised land, a land that's a a land of beautiful provision and beautiful rest. But listen to this, on the journey between the freedom from slavery and the ultimate provision and rest, the Israelites find themselves in the wilderness. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It still rings true for us here today. God in his good grace wants them to live as if they're in the promised land, even though they're still in the wilderness. And so both in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, in the Ten Commandments, God commands them to observe a weekly day of Sabbath rest. Okay, you got that? I know you all do. I could have just skipped it. But then Landon hit on some key points that I think are unique and, and special to remember. In the last two weeks, he've been reminded or learned that Sabbath existed before sin. That's huge. Rest was a part of God's good plan even prior to sin entering the world. And then Sabbath allows us to kind of disengage from what is unhealthy and harmful in our culture and then engage back into what is most true about God, about his plan, about me and you. Sabbath also celebrates what is good, highlighting that all good things come from God. And while Sabbath is good for us, it's also something that is good for a watching world as we embrace a different way of being made whole, as we have a regular practice of Sabbath rest. And then ultimately, Sabbath rest is a preview of what's to come when King Jesus uh, brings ultimate rest in heaven and eventually here on earth. So today, all I would really like to do is we take another step forward. Today, I'd love to make some connections between having a relationship with Jesus as our ultimate Sabbath rest. That as we regularly observe a 24-hour day of Sabbath rest, we would be reminded that because of Jesus, we forever cease from our labors in attaining God's favor, Jesus is our rest from those sorts of works here and now. And Jesus is our source of rest from those sorts of works for all of eternity. Now, finally, look at, look at Hebrews chapter 4. Skip down to verse 9. Hebrews 4, verse 9. The author here says, therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. So the author of Hebrews has just spent some time right before that verse set of verses establishing that it was always God's plan for his people to find rest from their labors and, and for their souls. And The author also highlights the historical difficulty that his people have had in actually finding that rest. Even as it pertained to an actual Sabbath day or entering the promised land, Again, this sounds really familiar to me. So, in verse 9 and 10, the author makes it really clear a Sabbath rest still remains, but in Jesus. And some people have found that rest, while others with a hardened heart have yet to find it. We look at the latter part of verse 10. And the author says something interesting here. He he says, he he calls us to rest from our works just as God did from his. In other words, um, if, if God saw fit to rest, then we should too. If God saw fit to rest, then we should too. In a roundabout way to not rest is to operate independent of God or maybe even view yourself as above God. That should be a sobering thought for a lot of us. And in verse 11, he calls us then to make every effort to enter that rest, not being obedient like generations past. Now, ironically, the place we really need to make some effort is in resting, (laughs) So let's not do what the wandering Israelites did by not entering the rest found in the promised land, by us not entering the rest found in Jesus. A few chapters to the right. If you go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Turn over there with me. Go to verse 10 through 14. There's even more clarity, and catch this, on the link between a day of Sabbath rest and the rest we are to find in our relationship with Jesus. Would you even describe your relationship with Jesus to be a restful one? See, there's tangible, practical blessings and implications to our observance of a weekly Sabbath day of rest. But but there's also this, this link that God is wanting to make for us between the rest that we find for our bodies and the rest that we find in our souls only found in a relationship with Jesus. Look at verse 10 of Hebrews 10. By this will of God, we have been sanctified or made holy through the offering of Of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now catch this. Look at verse 11. Every priest stands day after day ministering and offering the same sacrifices time after time which can never take away sins. Verse 12. And highlight this first phrase. But this man... Referring to Jesus. But this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He is now waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. Verse 14, look at this. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are sanctified or being made holy. So in the Old Testament law, the Jewish people were uh, constantly laboring to make themselves uh, acceptable to their holy God. There's a hundred do's and don'ts of ceremonial law and temple law and civil law that they were constantly uh, measuring themselves against. And there were sin offerings and sacrifices provided by God so that people uh, could experience uh, a restoration in their relationship with God, at least temporarily. And you could imagine how exhausting that would be to have a relationship with God that was constantly based on the do's and the don'ts. How exhausting and tiring it would be to have to constantly strive and work and labor in order for you to be acceptable to God. I get tired just thinking about it. And when I look back on vast seasons of my own walk with Jesus, I fell into the same trap. If I do all the right stuff and avoid all the wrong stuff, then maybe, just maybe I would be acceptable to God. And then I'd continue to stumble and fail. And then I'd feel that struggle and that relationship with him. It was just exhausting. That exhaustion in our relationship with Jesus is not what he desires for me and you. He desires rest. But look at this amazing news that we're reminded of in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man... Jesus, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever. The the ultimate sacrifice of God's only Son, Jesus the Christ, he offered himself for our sins. He became the sinless, perfect, sacrificial lamb, capital L, of God for us on the cross. And after Jesus offered himself up on the cross, what did he do, according to Hebrews? He sat down. It feels good to sit down. When you sit down, it typically means it's because you're taking a break, you're resting, you've completed whatever you need to do, and then you get to sit down. He sat down at the right hand of God. He didn't stay standing. He didn't stay laboring. He rested from his work on the cross because any work that needed to be done for the salvation of his people was completed. It was finished. And so he sat down. He rested just as the Heavenly Father had rested from the work of creation. See, don't forget, precious friends and family, God's doing the work. God has done the work. And you and I are invited to rest in what he's already done. Are we invited to rest just temporarily? No. We're invited to rest Every single day. We're invited to rest in a very tangible way on the Sabbath day. And we're invited to rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross forever. The powerful, completed work of Jesus on the cross, it's seen there in verse 14, there by By saying, by one offering, Jesus has perfected forever those who are sanctified or being made holy. See, because of Jesus' priestly work on our behalf, we can rest in his provision for us, his salvation of us. We can rest in the freedom from slavery of sin that he's made for us. and We rest in the action that he continues in us as we rest in him. Even when I'm resting, he's still working in me. I would throw out an amen in my heart for that right now. That's such a gift. So we no longer have to labor in law keeping in order to be justified in the sight of God. There's no more atonement, reconciliation, payback, or cleansing needing to be done. And a day of Sabbath rest every week should be a reminder of that sort of rest that we find in Jesus. Let's not miss the link between the day and our Savior. Again, the parallels. Look at how many parallels between Jesus Christ and the Sabbath day of rest. Both were preexistent to sin. Both are remedies to the slavery of works-based value, bad habits, and the trauma that comes with it. Both call us to rest, physically and spiritually. The day reminds us that we're delivered from slavery and free to rest from incessant work. Ha, while Jesus reminds us that we're delivered from sin and free to rest in his completed work for our salvation. Day reminds us that there will come a time when this sort of rest will reign forever. While Jesus reminds us that he's the one who made all that permanent rest possible, what, what he did for us on the cross. And Jesus even timed his death. Jesus even timed his death to land on the Sabbath and then rested in the tomb throughout the whole Sabbath only to rise from the dead, to resurrect, to come back to life on the eighth day, on the first day of a new week. The implications of that are huge. And so a restful, abundant life is found in the overflow of the Sabbath day and our spiritual Sabbath rest in Jesus. Jesus alone Jesus alone satisfies the requirements of God's law. Jesus alone atones for our sin. Jesus alone provides an ability for us to cease from our overworking, over wanting, and over worrying. Jesus alone provides that rest. And so catch it, we can Sabbath rest weekly knowing that Jesus has brought an end to our self-effort and striving. We can Sabbath rest weekly knowing that Jesus is the only one who can fill up what we often try to fill up with material possessions or accomplishments or escapism. We can Sabbath rest weekly knowing that Jesus has made a way for us to stop worrying about ourselves, worrying about our stuff, or worrying about our future. When we put our faith wholly in him, we'll find the real rest that he intended for us. And I think that's why Jesus made it pretty clear. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, when he called to people and he says, Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to me. All of you who are weary and tired and exhausted, all of you who are heavy laden from trying to measure up or do enough. Come to me and I'll give you rest. What a link between Sabbath day of rest and the rest meant to be found in our relationship with Jesus. As we close this out, it's kind of like this. Landon, do you mind coming up just for a second? It's a little bit like this. You know, when we step into relationship with Jesus, I think a lot of times what ends up happening is we we get excited about, oh my goodness, I have a relationship with Jesus. And in some senses, rightly so. Like, oh my goodness, what are all the cool things that we could go now accomplish for Jesus or do for Jesus? Have any of you ever had a, a season maybe where you're, you're tired? And it's not just from uh, worldly accomplishments, but maybe you're tired just from uh, trying to do the work of the ministry. We can get stuck in that. And so in that, that regard, I want you to picture for just a second, and then we'll, we'll be done. Um, I want you to imagine for just a second, Landon has no clue why he's standing right here. I want you to imagine for just a moment that Landon is Jesus, okay? And stop laughing. Uh, Landon is Jesus, and, and, and when we step into relationship with Jesus, I, I think there's a little bit of kind of a, like, okay, I've got a relationship with Jesus, and now um, I'm going to go... Uh, to work. And I'm going to drag Jesus with me. And I'm going to go over here. I'm going to drag Jesus with me. And then you go, gosh, this isn't really very uh, conducive. It's, it's, it's a little bit complicated, Jesus. So, so rather, I think what would be better is, you know, I'm supposed to, as a Christian, kind of carry Jesus into every place that I go. You know, and so then what we end up doing is we end up like basically inviting Jesus just to piggyback, our life, and so Jesus, why don't you get up, because I got plenty to do, plenty places to take you, okay, I need you, no, come on, Jesus, come on, don't get up, you're supposed to be with me forever, Jesus, you're not gonna get on and then get off, are you, okay, and so now, we get into this sort of deal, where now, everywhere that I could go to work, and then I go back home, and I try to hang with my kids, and I'm trying to do everything that God's called me to do, and I go, man, I thought the yoke was supposed to be easy, and the burden was light, Jesus, but this is not light, this is exhausting. Oh, man. I can't pull this off. And what I know to be true is this. If this defines your relationship with Jesus, you're going to get exhausted. And eventually, you'll let him down. You'll have to let go. That is not the Christian life. That certainly isn't the restful Christian life that Jesus had in mind for me and you. In fact, what is probably a better understanding of our restful relationship with Jesus is not that Jesus piggybacks on us, but rather that we piggyback on Jesus. Are you ready, Jesus? Okay. Awesome. And see, now Jesus is in control. Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the one going where he wants to take me and I'm just resting in him. I got to tell you, by the way, this is a lot better relationship. <laughs> but I can just rest. I can anchor myself in the strong, powerful arms of God Almighty. <laughs> All right, you're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you guys, that, as silly as, as that is, That's a temptation for all of us to either drag Jesus around, have him go where we go, and really the invitation from Jesus is a one of rest. I've got you. I've taken care of anything. Would you just settle into me and let me, let me live my life through you. Let me walk you where I want you to go. Let a Sabbath day of rest be a tangible reminder of the rest in your relationship with Jesus that he's had in mind before the foundations of the earth were laid. And so gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Sabbath and the gift of it. And we thank you that our ultimate Sabbath rest is found in you. We give you a time here as we wrap up to respond to you and ask, Father, that we just find our hearts settled and restful in our relationship with you, Jesus. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.